Today on Moody Presents, we'll learn that living in contrast with the world means to experience the power of God's love. If it doesn't bother you tremendously when you sin, if it doesn't drive you to want to confess it and get it right before God, if you can sin continuously and live in a pattern of sin and call yourself a believer, John says, think again because you're probably not. Welcome to Moody Presents, and that voice you just heard is that of Pastor Mark Job. He's president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Thanks for connecting today on Moody Presents. I'm John Gager, and you know, today we are finishing up part two of our message, The Power of God's Love. And this is part of our contrast series. Now, as we begin today's teaching segment, we're going to back up just a bit for some very important context on sin our natural practices and the marvelous love that God has demonstrated to us so that we can overcome that sin. Let's get started right now as Pastor Mark helps us understand the sin nature here on Moody Presents. Every child that's born from the beginning of creation through Adam has been given a nature, a fallen nature, a sinful nature. It's passed down through the seed of man. So every child since Adam has inherited a sinful nature. It doesn't mean that that sinful nature, every baby that's born, no matter how cute it is, is still has a sinful nature. You say, Pastor, you can't tell me this little baby has a sinful nature. Yeah, it looks cute, but it has one. (laughs) Now, it doesn't mean it's sinned, because a baby doesn't have the capacity to sin. But it does mean that it has the predisposition, when it's old enough, it will sin. Because it has a sin nature. That is why Jesus, by the way, I've talked to you about this before, but that's why Jesus had to be born of a virgin. He was born of the Virgin Mary because there was no seed of man implanted in Mary to give Jesus a sin nature. Jesus was born of a virgin because he could not have the sin nature planted in him so God bypassed the natural reproductive process and made Mary impregnated without the help of man so that when Jesus was born, he was the first man since Adam to not be born with a sin nature. But all of us, sons of Adam, we have a sin nature. Now, the only way that we are able to be given a divine nature or God nature is that we have to be born of God or born again. And so what John tells us here is that when we receive that new nature, then we are children of God. We receive it through faith, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but we receive it through faith and we receive the divine nature. Second Peter talks about the divine nature that's planted in us. And that divine nature is the nature of God. And so as you start growing now, the sin nature causes you to become sinful. The divine nature causes you to become God-like. Are you tracking with me? So the divine nature inside of you, the divine seed of God inside of you causes you to grow up to be like daddy, your father. The sin nature inside of you causes you to grow up in a sinful way. You have a predisposition, an inclination to go your own way. The moment that you are born again, 
There is something inside of you that makes you want to be like Jesus. There's a nature inside of you that is forming you, pushing you, convicting you, guiding you, leading you to become more and more transformed into the image of Jesus. Now, you may look at your life right now and say, I'm nothing like Jesus. I am so far from who Jesus is. But it's not just about where you're at. It's about what the nature inside of you is pulling you to. You may be far from Jesus now, but hopefully you're growing from glory to 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 glory, becoming more like Jesus. And what John says is, right now you look at yourself and you say, I don't look anything like Jesus because you're just a baby and you haven't been formed. But the more you grow in God, hopefully, if you're growing healthy in God, you'll start to look and talk and walk and think more like Jesus as you grow. Well, have you ever had guests that are coming? Maybe it was your mother-in-law and she'd never been to your house and they're arriving from a long trip and they're supposed to arrive at one o'clock, but they're not there. Your kids are in the house and they're kind of making a mess and you say, clean it up because they're coming. Okay, I don't make a big mess. And Two o'clock, they're still not there, and you still you keep straightening things up because why? Because the in-laws are coming and they've never seen our house. And by five o'clock, you're still cleaning up more than usual because you have the expectation that you're gonna see them quickly. And so that expectation causes you to clean house and to keep the house in order because there's an expectation that I'm gonna see them soon. When you have the expectation that you will see Jesus, the expectation that you will stand before God. And by the way, some of you are kicking back saying, well, you know, I'm studying prophecy and we still have time, I think, because the temple has to be rebuilt and this has got to happen and that's got to happen. Listen, maybe all the prophecies not fulfilled, but let me tell you, you could die of a heart attack tomorrow. There's none of us here that can be guaranteed that we may not be standing in the presence of God tomorrow. None of us here guaranteed that. Oh, you may feel like you're healthy. You may feel like you're strong. But there is no one that's guaranteed tomorrow. How about it? So when you have that expectation that I'm going to stand before God, and it could be at any moment. It could be tomorrow, it could be a year from now, it could be a month from now, but I have this expectation that I will stand before God and it could be soon. That hope and that expectation causes you to purify yourself and you, you deal with things rapidly, you cleanse yourself rapidly, you don't tolerate sin in your life for a long time. Why? Because you have this hope that keeps purifying you, knowing that the love of God has made you a child of God, and therefore you're going to stand before God and be like Him, and it's that love and that hope that causes you to walk in purity. The second thing that John says the love of God does in our life is that the love of God 
When we have experienced the love of God and we have tasted of it and seen of it and become a child of His through His incredible love, then that love, that love of God, it causes us to, well, to not be dominated by sin. The love of God starts to drive the sin pattern out of your life. John says everyone who sins breaks the law. What law is he talking about? Well, he's talking about the moral laws of God. Illustrated in the Mosaic law, in Christ's law, and in some of the natural laws that are given to us uh, just through nature itself. So, sin, in essence, is lawlessness. It's the defiling and breaking of the law. Now, you know, here's the interesting thing about uh, sin and breaking the law. You can break the laws of the state of Illinois and break the laws of our government and sometimes get away with it. Now, how many of you have ever broken the speed limit and not gotten caught? How many of you have talked on your cell phone in Chicago and not gotten caught? How many of you mm -mm -mm, have texted while you're driving? Come on. And not gotten caught. How many of you have run a red light on purpose or maybe by mistake? And not gotten caught. And you looked around. What happens immediately when you know you're breaking the law? <laughs> I made it. And we've all broken the law that way. A couple weeks ago, I don't know what it was about it. I had had a great streak of not being stopped by any cops. You know, very nice streak. Kind of proud of it. And I'm minding my own business, driving down the expressway, and a cop car pulls behind me. I look at the speed limit. I think, oh, I'm, I'm going the speed limit. He pulls me over. I'm like, flabbergasted. I'm thinking, are my plates expired? Is What's going on? He pulls me over, and he says, you know why I pulled you over? I said, I think I was going the speed limit. I don't know. He said, you didn't have your seatbelt on. I seriously, I mean, I'm on I-55, and I'm being pulled over on the expressway because I didn't have my seatbelt on. I'm, I'm wanting to say, man, you're bored. I know it, you're bored, because, wow. I mean, I can understand it, a seatbelt check, but to pull a car over, so I got a ticket. I was like, all right, okay. My wife was kind of smiling, like, yeah. I've told you a bunch of times to wear your seatbelt. She was happy. But here's the thing. How many times have I broken the law, gone a few miles over the speed limit, and not gotten caught? But with God, there is no times where you break the law that God doesn't notice. There is no time that you got angry in your heart or, or, or had envy that God doesn't know. There's no time where you, where you swore and God didn't hear it. 
There, there's not a moment where you didn't have a flash of jealousy that God did not see that. There's not a time where you didn't gossip by the water cooler that God didn't hear the conversation. In other words, there is no time at all ever in your life that you've ever broken the law of God that God was not aware of it. So therefore, we are extreme lawbreakers because we violated the laws of God many times. But listen to what he says. He says, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anybody lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Let me tell you what John is telling us. John is not saying that if you sin, you're not a Christian. He's not saying that if you fall into sin, you're not a believer, okay? Because in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8... He says, we all sin, and if anybody says we don't have sin, he's a liar, right? So he's not telling you that if you sin, you're not really a believer. What he is saying is this, and sometimes in these cases, you have to go to the Greek verbiage really to understand exactly what he's saying. This verbiage is in the present tense in the Greek, which implies habit, continuity, and unbroken sequence. What does he mean by that? It means that if you live your life continually dominated by sin, that you are in the habit continually of breaking, sinning in that pattern, and that is what dominates your life, not just will I sin and I repented of it, got it right before God, but if you are in the habitual, continual habit, the pattern of ongoing sin in your life, then what John is saying is you need to rethink whether you've really encountered God. Because when you've encountered God in a powerful way, in a loving way, that love will drive sin out of your life. And it doesn't mean that you won't sin, because you'll fall, but when you do sin, you'll confess your sin, get it right before God, and move on. Some people say, well, you know, I prayed a prayer when I was 14 years old. I went to the altar to Billy Graham crusade, so I'm saved. You know, I know I'm living with my girlfriend, getting drunk every weekend, getting high, and I, you know, and I cuss like a sailor, but you know, praise God, I'm saved. And I would say, Mm, hold on a second. If you have a lifestyle or pattern of sin in your life and it's just going ongoing, what John says is you probably really never encountered God. Well, we're going to pause just for a moment to remind you that you're listening to Moody Presents. And you can visit our website to hear this and all of our past programs. Go to moodypresents.org. Moody Presents. Org. And while there, you can sign up to become a monthly partner in order to help us continue sharing this great Bible teaching. You can also check out Pastor Mark's daily radio program. It's called Bold Steps. You'll find a link there, as well as links to the other amazing ministries of the Moody Bible Institute, all at moodypresents.org.
Now back to our teaching time. Here's Pastor Mark. I invite people to the altar to come to experience God and to know God, but praying a prayer after me at an altar does not make you saved. It gives you the opportunity to get saved. It gives you the doorway to salvation. Your prayer and faith, what will manifest your true conversion is how you live afterwards. What is the pattern of life that you're living afterwards? And if your pattern of life does not match up, if you're constantly living that kind of life, then John says, you cannot have the seed of God inside of you and continue to live a pattern of sin. The seed of God inside of you will break the pattern of sin. And if you don't break the pattern of sin and you're dominated by sin, it could be very well the case that you've never really encountered God. He says, don't let anybody lead you astray. Some people are thinking, well, I could live this life and still know God. And John says, hey, don't be deceived. Don't let someone lead you astray into thinking that you can live that kind of life and still consider yourself a believer. He says, he who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil. Wow, that's pretty strong language. You see, in John's book, there is no in-between ground. You're either of God or of the devil. You're either walking in the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness. There's no in-between. You say, well, I'm not really totally God. I'm not totally devil. I'm sort of in, is there a limbo out there? No, no limbo. Sorry. I'm kind of in gray. No, no, no. There's no such thing as gray. You're in the light or in the darkness. Now, what does that mean? Can you struggle as a believer? Yes, you can struggle as a believer. And I don't want everybody to start doubting their salvation now because you struggle with a, a habit that you're trying to get rid of. But listen, if you're not deeply convicted by it, if you're not driven to repent, if it doesn't bother you tremendously when you sin, if it doesn't drive you to want to confess it and get it right before God, if you can sin continuously and unabashedly and live in a pattern of sin and call yourself a believer, John says, think again because you're probably not. Which leads me to my third point. He goes on to tell us here, verse 9, the reason the Son of God appeared, it talks, it talks to us about breaking the sin he who does what is sinful verse 8 he who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning the reason the son of god appeared was to destroy the devil's work verse 9 no one who's born of god will continue to sin no one who's born of god will continue to sin it doesn't mean no one who's born of god sins have you ever seen the bumper sticker that says i'm not sinless i just sin less Kind of like that? It's a little bit that idea. I'm not sinless. As a believer, you're not sinless. You're still going to sin, but you're going to sin less. You're going to sin less because the divine nature is inside of you. Verse 9. No one who's born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. Listen to me. Look at me. This is really important. If you are born again of God, the seed of God, what seed? The divine nature seed. It is inside of you. It's changing you. 
It's the Holy Spirit molding you. So you can't go sinning like someone who doesn't know God just lives a lifestyle of sin is not bothered by it. You can't just go on sinning without being convicted by it, without being challenged by it, without being disciplined by God, without being confronted by it. It will bother you, convict you, break you. You will struggle with it, be miserable until you finally yield to the seed of God inside of you, which dominates the seed of sin. For us as believers... It causes us to question and think again. Are the fruits of my life manifesting that I'm truly a child of the Most High God? He goes on. He tells us that Jesus, the reason that Jesus came, do you love that in verse 8? The reason that the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. He didn't come just to neutralize, he came to destroy Everything that the devil's tried to do and chain you, bind you, make you a slave. Jesus came and when you're born of God, he destroys all the chains, the power and dominance that the devil had over your life. If you're born again of the spirit of God, listen to me well, you're no longer a slave to sin. You say, well, pastor, I just can't. No, 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 don't tell me you can't because I believe if you're born again of the spirit of God, you can stop any habit that you're involved in. If you're born again, you can stop hating. If you're born again, you can stop falling in sexual immorality. If you're born again, you can stop falling into addiction. You can. You have been liberated from slavery. You're no longer dominated by the power of sin. You have been set free to make choices for God. Now you can. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and to set us free so that we can live fully and completely for the glory of God. And I'll close with this. So he says, this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. It's the only place in the Bible where these two phrases, children of God and children of the devil, are put side by side. This is how we know. How do we know if we're a child of God or a child of the devil? How do I know that? Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother love one another. You want to know if you're a child of God? Two ways you know. You know if you, if you habitually do not do what's right, habitually live a lifestyle of sin. You continue on in that habit of sin. You continue living that way apart from God, ongoing, you're dominated by it. Then, then John is clear, he says, you're probably not born again. But if you have experienced the love of God, the love of God makes you want to do what's right. It makes you wanna fight sin in your life. It makes you wanna walk in obedience and it makes you want to love people around you that are unlovable. So the two evidence of the fruits of walking in God are one, is that we'll start doing what is right in our life even when it's hard. And secondly, we'll start loving people around us even when it's difficult to love them. John says you want to see the evidence of the fruit. That's the evidence. The problem with being a true believer 
that's not walking in obedience is that you start losing your assurance of salvation. No one should ever get smug and comfortable and say, well, you know, I prayed and got baptized five years ago, so no, 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 I, I'm glad you did. But don't get smug about it. Because Scripture says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And one of the things that gives us assurance of our salvation is the sense that we are manifesting the fruit of that, of, of the fruit of the walk in our life. And when we stop manifesting the fruit for long periods of time, then it starts to creep up this lack of assurance. The love of God. There is nothing so powerful, compelling, life-changing than God's love. If you've tasted of it, experienced it, it will cause you to want to be more like Jesus. It will cause you to want to purify yourself. It will drive you to want to live for God, not out of fear of hell, but out of response to his incredible love. See, that's the powerful love of God. Boy, a convicting message today for sure here on Moody Presents. The truth is we all need to ask, what are the fruits of my life? Are they really showing that I'm a child of God? Well, next week, Pastor Mark will help us understand that there really is a spiritual world absolutely battling for our souls. And we need to constantly test things to see if they are of God or the evil one. Just because something is called spiritual doesn't mean it's from God. You and I need spiritual discernment. And we'll get to that on the next Moody Presents. I'm John Geiger, and Moody Presents is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thanks for listening.